Hello, lovely people. Welcome to Camila Cava Food Photography Podcast, a place where I interview talents in food photography industry to learn ins and outs of a business to help us grow our careers as food photographers. Today, I'm speaking with a lovely food photographer, Ingrid Hofstra. I found Ingrid through her gorgeous travel food photography images, and I couldn't just wait to speak to her. Not only because of her beautiful portfolio, but also because this talented photographer has been published in magazines like Ellen Ayton, National Geographic and Harper's Bazaar. So I thought she'll have lots to tell me, and indeed the stories I heard from Ingrid were amazing. I cannot wait to speak to her again, but in this episode we put a lot of attention to a completely new topic for me, travel food photography. Ingrid shares with us how this game works, and I think it's extremely fascinating. So let's dive into it. Hi, Ingrid. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the podcast. I'm very, very happy and excited um, to have you here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And uh, so for the listeners that might not know you, um, would you mind giving a short introduction who you are and what do you do? Sure. Uh, well, I'm Ingrid, 30 years old. I live in Hilversum. Uh, I'm a food photographer and writer. I work for chefs, culinary businesses, uh, publishers, magazines, and I think most of my work is photography and sometimes I com combine both of them. So I write and photograph for a magazine or a book, for instance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a lot of editorial work. Yeah, I've, uh, I'd say maybe 60-40%, like 60 commercial, 40 editorial. Something like that. It, it differs from month to month. Oh, yeah. that's super exciting, man. Yeah. Because uh, aren't these like completely different type of uh, photography projects or...? Yeah, I'd say so. You know, when you work for a commercial client, uh, that person knows quite well what he or she needs. Mm -hmm. So you get a much more clear brief. Whereas with editorial assignments, that's, I think there's a little bit more creativity involved from the the photographer or writer uh, themselves um, but yeah I like changing between both of them like doing uh, the one day doing commercial work and the other day doing something editorial mm -hmm. and um, yeah it's a nice mix and also if you do something commercial sometimes a client has a very specific goal and it's something that teaches me some something new as well mm -hmm. uh, which is interesting yeah, it's good to get out of your comfort zone every now and then. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's super exciting. So how did you become actually a food photographer? <laughs> well, that's a, a funny story. Um, in 2012, I started working at the NOS, the Dutch News. Mm -hmm. um, I was working there for around four years. And in that time, I had to do night shifts, evening shifts, morning shifts and alternate between all of those. And I got quite tired, so I thought maybe I should start eating a bit more healthy, maybe I should start baking more, and at the same time I also felt a lack of creativity. Uh, it was a nice job, but there wasn't. I didn't really have the feeling I was making something, and by baking and cooking that changed a little bit. And then a friend of mine, she had her own food blog, uh, and I thought that was a very interesting phenomenon, I never heard about that. Uh, but then I started Googling and found all these Scandinavian American food blogs and I was so intrigued by the beautiful photography and I thought, okay, if I am going to start a blog, if I'm going, well, first, if I'm going to start baking and cooking more, maybe I can write about that on a blog so I can also write a bit more creative, uh, creatively uh, in contrast to what I had to do in my job. 
And maybe I can also start taking gorgeous photos because eh, how difficult can it be, right? You just take a photo with your phone or buy a, uh, you know, basic camera and uh, that's it. Mm-hmm. And then quickly I find that it's not that simple, of course. <laughs> but I kept practicing and uh, yeah, slowly that blog became a bit bigger or actually on Instagram I got a few followers and that started yeah, uh, developing and... Uh, a few years later, I actually quit my job and slowly became a full-time uh, photographer in the first place. And uh, uh, I think one and a half years later, I started writing also again because I missed it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's how it started. Right. And how would you say you became such a good photographer? What were the um, I think I was um, very open to learning a lot. Um, your dog is very sweet by the way. <laughs> thank you mouse <laughs> no, it's, it's good to have some company um, so I think one of the most important aspects if you're new to doing something is do it with a lot of passion do it because mm-hmm. you love it and uh, I never thought of it becoming my job for a long time I just thought of it as a hobby but I did want to be very good at it because if I do something I, I like to be very good at it mm-hmm. so I asked people who uh, were already photographing, uh, doing photography professionally, uh, like uh, Suze of Food Bandits. Mm-hmm. I uh, attended uh, one of her workshops years back, I think, uh-huh. I think four years ago or something like that. Maybe f- I think even five. And um, she taught me. Well, one of the things that st- stuck with me was um, always pay attention to the lines. Mm-hmm. Like she and her husband, I think they hate it when the lines are distorted in a, in oh, a photo. Right. And and that was the first things that started, you know, what was ingrained in my mind, like m- make sure your lines are not distorted uh-huh. or it has to be a conscious decision. Of course, it can mm-hmm. be a style choice. Uh, but also um, that you make sure from another photographer, he taught me while I was on a trip for Fair Trade Netherlands in Sri Lanka. I, I won that trip uh, as a blogger, but there was a professional photographer and I asked him everything. Like, what does this button do? And if I press this button, what happens? Uh-huh. And how can I make the background blurry? <laughs> like the super basic questions. I'm never nice. afraid to ask a stupid question. That's good though. Uh, that helped me a lot. Yeah. And there were some American photographers I was really, really a big fan of. And uh, Eva Kosmas. Oh yeah. She, yeah. she organized a workshop in Iceland and I just... I was very straightforward and I asked her, can I come and help? I don't have the money to pay for a workshop, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to do all the dishes that have to be done. Yeah. And uh, if only I can come. And uh-huh. she said, of course you can come. Wow. And that kind of thing so really nice. helps, you know, because uh-huh. I, was a, I was a newbie, a beginner, but they took me in and, and helped me. Amazing. And I think, you know, even though this is a, a job you do by yourself, you really need other people. Mm-hmm. And always make sure you do it because you like it, not because you want yeah. to earn money right away or something like that. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And not to be afraid just to ask. Yeah. It doesn't hurt, huh? Because you can't find um, out everything by yourself, you know. No, yeah. for sure. Wow, right. That's very exciting. And how long have you now been photographing? I started my blog in 2014, 2014. and in 2000, oh. the summer of 2017, I started doing this full time, like mm-hmm. uh, starting my business. And uh, so yeah, that's a little over two and a half years now, full time. Full time, right? And um, five and a half years as a hobby. Yeah. Uh huh. Ooh, how exciting! <laughs> time flies. Yeah. I know. 
I know, I keep forgetting how long I'm photographing now because it keeps seeing like two years, but I think it's more than that, yeah. but it's just time is stuck in my head. It's weird, right? It's how funny. That goes, yeah. No. Um, okay, and you mentioned that you indeed photograph a lot for editorial assignments. Mm -hmm. Would you mind sharing how does that game work? <laughs> it's a weird game, I can tell you that. It's, it's frustrating because I know a lot of people would like, even though commercial, clients pay much more money, uh, let's be mm -hmm. honest. Um, it seems like everybody wants to be working for a magazine. Maybe it's like a dream to, to many people. And for me, it also was for a long time. Uh, I remember when I was working at the NOS, at the news, that I, I was a freelancer there, so I could also apply for other freelance jobs outside that job. So I remember writing to Jamie Oliver magazine, which still existed at that time. and. They were interested in my portfolio, but they say, back then I didn't have any culinary experience at all. So they said, yeah, you lack that culinary experience, so we cannot hire you also. There's almost never a free spot here. That's just very hard in this business. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this will never work out. Uh, but then after I'd been photographing for, I must say, I think six months or something full time, like when it became my job, I uh, found out that I could go, or actually it was a bit before, I was invited by Visit Faroe Islands. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a, um, an assignment on the Faroe Islands, which is a group of islands between Scotland and, uh, well, Iceland. Mm -hmm. And the story I um, created, I could sell to Financial Times in the Netherlands. They, they were interested in the story and uh, it was kind of luck actually sometimes you need a bit of luck I just wrote to them like mm -hmm. I, I think I have a fascinating story there's this mm -hmm. Michelin restaurant there uh, I know the chef I can go back to interview him are you interested and they said yes but wow. we'll not guarantee anything until we've read it so just go ahead and make it mm -hmm. and that was for me possible because Visit Faroe Island sponsored my trip mm -hmm. I didn't get paid for the trip or anything uh, but I did get paid for selling the article but then my my big dream was actually to write and photograph for L. Aiton, L. Food. Yeah. And um, I wrote to them and I said, can I contribute to your magazine? And I think it took a while before I heard something back. And then uh, in the meantime, I contacted Visit Palm Springs or Palm Springs Tourism Office, something like that, because um, I was really interested in making a story about Palm Springs. My background originally is a bachelor's in American studies. I've oh. lived in the US for a short while, uh, did my internship there for the news and did a semester abroad a long time ago. And I'm very interested in the food cultures over there. And in Palm Springs, I heard they were doing a lot with desert inspired food, oh. like cacti and, mm -hmm. and um, tropical flowers. And um, where it used to be kind of a place for elderly people and uh, it was kind of out of fashion. It now was quickly becoming something new, something else, still finding that old feeling, but well, long story. So that's what I actually wrote in my email to L Food and they said, well, go ahead, you can make it, but we won't promise anything. Also, right. But then I wrote to Palm Springs, Yeah. the story will be published in L Food. Uh -huh. So this is kind of a secret, but sometimes you have to be, I think you have to be a daredevil a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. because 
it almost never happens when you just start out that a magazine will say, okay, of course we publish something of, of a person we never read something of. Mm-hmm. We don't even know your photography that well. We don't know your your writing. So, of course, mm-hmm. they will not say, of co- yeah, we will, we will buy that piece. So yeah, you have yeah. to gamble a little bit. And then I went to Palm Springs, got back with all the material, and then they said, um, yeah, Okay, we will, we like the piece, but if we also have to buy the photos from the photographer, then it will cost us too much money, so we won't publish it. Oh, and I gosh. had to tell the editor-in-chief, but I'm also the photographer. Right. I wrote the piece and I took the photos, and she was all like a bit confused, like, huh? How? <laughs> so then I thought, something is wrong in my communication, you know? People don't understand that I do both. Yeah. So I transformed my website. Uh, I made sure people were, were aware that I was actually doing both for editorial writing. It was also possible to mm-hmm. just hire for the photos, mm-hmm. but I could do both. She decided to bu- publish the piece, and after that, sh- she asked me every month, every two months, when there was a new issue, if I could publish something. I came with mm-hmm. my own ideas, she had things, and That's nice. the ball just started, started yeah. rolling. After that, I did the same thing with Harper's Bazaar for a piece in Japan, and... Uh, now I'm also uh, working for National Geographic Traveler. Wow. And yeah. That is so exciting. Suitcase magazine, so different um, clients. And then are those other clients also approach you? Or did you approach no, them with this story? I read a few days ago from a well-known photographer in England, Toby Mitchell. And uh, he was answering a few questions on Instagram. And mm-hmm. one of the questions was, "Do you like what happens if you do acquisition? And he said, well nine out of ten times or eight out of ten ten times i get a no or often not even an email back and that's super normal even if you're experienced or i don't Mm -hmm. know if you're you can relate uh but it's it's not like when you when you're a successful photographer that everything just comes automatically or or everyone says yes immediately so you still have to hustle and have to um send out pitches all the times and make them believe in your ideas mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes they come with ideas like editor-in-chiefs or they, they have a request or they are just in need of something right and you happen to be in the right right spot because yeah last week i got an email from the guardian uh, they have a culinary magazine and they were just asking are you in amsterdam this week we need photos of a wow. restaurant um can you help us out? And then, of course, I email back. Yes, I am. Yeah, Let's course. do this. Yeah. But that's not normal. Uh, it okay. still involves a lot of hustling and, and selling Reaching yourself. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you okay. just sell out with like um, already prepared story, a pitch. No, or... most almost always it's a pitch of like of an introduction mm-hmm. plus the the idea how it would actually how it would look like when you finish the story mm-hmm. you and also editorial assignments i don't know if people know this but that's more of a passion project because it doesn't pay a lot right magazines publishers they don't have a lot of money mm-hmm. um so you have to make sure you love it because if you calculate how much time goes into it right. and how much they pay you, it's never worth the time. Right. But if you think about the investment you're making, you're traveling the world, you're learning, you're getting to know new people, you, you learn more about new food cultures, you build up a portfolio, maybe those photos will be sold again to someone else. Like you always have extra photos, extra content, which you put on your website, whatever. Yeah. yeah so definitely. it's kind of an investment. And, it's like um, a project, yeah. Yeah, so um, what is necessary though, I always contact 
a local tourism office or maybe the magazine is already in touch with those people that they um, that they pay for the flights and hotels and, and some of the right. restaurants otherwise it's just not possible right. to do it so it will be the local um, the local the locals that will pay you to basically yeah. promote the country yeah. or town and that's or also a difficult subject of course because you have to make sure it's not like an advertorial mm-hmm. you want to be honest then again you always know that it's basically a bit paid for you we always try right. to I always try to be honest about that in an article that it's clear that that we were helped, mm-hmm. assisted by, but also I, I don't let them tell me what to write. Okay. I write my own thing. They I, they never ask for a translation or something. I can just do my thing. Oh, nice. And it's fine. Yeah. So it's not only photography, writing, but it's also a big project management. Yeah. Yes. Such projects. Yeah. Organization is key. It's I think big. Uh-huh. if you if you're not good in creating a community, if you're mm-hmm. not good, if you're not uh, if you don't know how to work with clients, if you don't know how to communicate with them, how, how to hustle, I think you can just forget about becoming a professional or successful photographer or writer in that sense. Mm-hmm. You need all. You need to be business savvy. And that's something... Some people are instinctively like that. I wasn't. I needed mm-hmm. quite some help. My husband is very good yeah. uh, with that. So he helped me a lot. And... And slowly I'm learning and um, yeah, I think it's also about finding what works for you and also not crossing your limits, mm-hmm. making sure you, s- you set limits like that people, sometimes people want to, they will ask for re-edits over and over again oh God, yeah. or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And at one point you just have to make sure like this is my decision, this is my creative decision and this is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But that's something you're quite afraid of saying when you just start out, right? Definitely, yeah. Uh, in the beginning, you're, it's yes to everything. Yeah, and, you want to uh, make clients happy. And, yeah, so yeah. I think I, I, I think I become, became overworked a couple of times in those five mm-hmm. years or something like that. Yeah. But you were ready to say no. After that, yeah, after you've been overworked mm-hmm. and tired at home and crying on the couch, like, Jesus. I don't know how to manage this. And then you think, okay, I have to make sure that it's clear to everyone yeah. what I will and what I can't do. Yeah. And um, yeah, communication is key. Yeah. <laughs> wow. No, this is a completely different world to me, the yeah. editorial travel photography. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, um, yeah, but it's, it's a beautiful job as mm. well. Um, it sounds know. very exciting, like you said. Yeah. A Michelin star restaurant somewhere on the island and yeah. Japan and... Wow. It's and the the funny thing is people who love food wherever you meet them in the world they all have the same characteristics in a way they're all very passionate humble uh in a way um quite down to earth and just very willing to help you mm-hmm. um share this story and that's so nice you do it together you know and that's, that's so exciting that's very uh, yeah satisfying that's also all worth it for it as well yeah yeah all the experience yeah. and all the meeting these interesting people just to bec- just wow. to get a more enriching life to live a better life yourself you know mm-hmm. not even as a photographer but as a human being uh, yeah it changes your worldview and do you go on these trips alone uh yes often i am by myself uh which is uh, an aspect which i don't really like i i really like to be around people but 
um, it can be quite nice because in the evenings you get to edit some photos or write down some some notes or or even a transcribe an interview already um, but lately I've been asking if a friend or my husband can tag along because if you write and photograph it also can be very challenging to be creative at the same time we'll also have to drive and organize everything mm -hmm. and interview people and checking in checking out make sure you still have all your stuff with you yeah so uh, a few weeks ago we went to Canada my husband joined me for National Geographic and uh, yeah, we, we were staying in a few days in a city and a few days in a national park. And in, um, to get from one place to another, to the other, we had to drive for four hours or something. Wow. So it was very nice that he was actually the one to be able to yeah. drive. And I could just also relax a little bit. And, and because I think when you're relaxed, that's when you get more creative and you get new ideas. And if you, I had, I've, had, I've had some trips in the beginning that were just too much. Mm -hmm. And I, when I got home, I was so exhausted. And it took me just a few weeks to, to, yeah, to, to become alive again, to feel okay again, and to be able to even um, write down what I felt, what I experienced, mm -hmm. who, who I talked to. And I think in that sense, combining the writing with the photography can be uh, challenging but it's also insanely gratifying if you write down the story and it's, it's there forever piece, yeah. yeah together with your stories every yeah. time I see it in a magazine and when I see my story like I also tell people at, at magazines you know I prefer giving you both photos and text because I think they can enhance and uh, make each other stronger you know I when I talk to someone, when I would interview for interview you, for example, and I would also be the one after that to photograph you, um, I already know so much more about your life. The photo I'm taking of you unconsciously yeah. will be different than someone who hasn't talked to you at all. Yeah. So even when I'm on an assignment where I'm just a photographer and I say just here, just to make sure where I'm the photographer and someone else has written the article, I still do like a mini personal interview to make sure... Who is the person in front of me? Yeah. Like who is this man or woman, and what kind of life is he or she living? Yeah. So that make that I still make um, take a good photograph of this person. Yeah. I think that's very important. Um, yeah. Certainly. <laughs> wow, that's also so exciting. Um, and now to jump in a little bit more technical mm -hmm. uh, question. Of course. About all this, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so when you go on these trips, what equipment do you take with you? Ah. Good question. Yeah, um, I try to keep it light, but over the years I've gained some materials. Um, I shoot with my Sony A7 Mark III. Mm -hmm. um, I switched from Canon to Sony two years ago, almost, one and a half. That was a big change. Uh, the first day I got that camera, I just didn't know what buttons uh, were, were doing. Yeah. It took me like half an hour, like, where's the ISO button? Help. <laughs> <laughs> this cannot be true. The same evening I had an assignment, of course. Oh, no. <laughs> but I managed. Uh -huh. um, so I have the Sony um, A7 Mark III. Mm -hmm. I shoot with the 2470 2.8 lens. Um, at the moment, a 55 1.8, but I'd like to change that into a 50 because I'm missing my old 50 lens mm. that's my favorite that was my favorite actually and which one uh, 50 I had a Sigma art 
I have Sigmar. That's a beautiful one, right? My favorite. Yeah, so I'm not sure (laughs) if I go back to that one or to uh, Sony also has a beautiful 50mm 1.4 lens and um, it's the Sigma one is just huge and it's very heavy that's why I was wondering if you're taking such camera and lens on your trips everywhere yeah I I walk around with my 2470 a lot and I'm so used to the weight actually switching from uh, Canon to Sony already made a big difference Mm -hmm. Uh, it's much lighter the body um, and it was partly because I had a back injury back in the, oh. during that time. So that was one of the reasons I started looking into Sony and then other reasons helped too. But my Canon was still a perfect camera, uh, but I really like uh, Sony as well. Mm-hmm. I also have a 35mm 1.4 lens, a beautiful Sony Zeiss lens. And um, I don't know, it's just I think every photographer has a different favorite lens. And yeah, for sure. With me, 35mm, it's like a love-hate relationship. Um, yeah. I don't know, sometimes it's... I've heard that photographers, the way they see their world always matches. Either, well, either 35 or 50, that's often... Uh-huh. Made, maybe some people have even 80 uh, that they, they enjoy most. Uh, but for me, it was always 50. So whenever I have a 35 on my camera, it's like... What's uh, yeah. know, the, the image is not working with my mind, and uh-huh. uh, I hate that the lines are distorted, and especially with food. Um, yeah. I rented uh, a Leica Q once for a trip, uh-huh. just for fun, actually, and it has I think a twenty-eight or twenty, I think even twenty-four millimeters. 24. So if you would photograph a glass from the front, it's totally distorted. Yeah, it looks a bit like yeah. uh, I, I know. And you yeah. can't even do something about it in Lightroom anymore. No. It's too much, and and. So my, yeah, 50 is my favorite. Uh, so now I have the 55, which is fine too, but um, we'll see. I think 50 will be my next purchase. But you feel a big difference between 55 and 50? No, I think it's more the lens itself. itself. I think okay, that right. because uh, every lens has a different uh, kind of bokeh, like the onion rings or, you know, the, the, how soft yeah. the, the background is, how natural that looks, I think this 55 lens is just kind of average in that way Mm -hmm. i like it to be perfect or close to perfect Mm -hmm. and then i travel recently also i take my pro photo a1 uh speed light the smallest studio light in the world they call it with me Uh, and uh you use that a lot then or not i'm starting to i've done a lot with uh, i i was one of these photographers who always used daylight yeah. And uh, I'm a self-taught photographer. I, I in in, in during my masters in journalism, I I was taught how to use a camera like film camera and uh, how to shoot video and everything. So I know a bit about technical stuff. But I was always afraid actually to use here. lights, and not because I think it's super difficult, but maybe it was just one more step I had to take, and I was just not willing to do that. Also. I love the way daylight can can just give um, an image so much character. But then you know what winters are like here, especially yeah. last winter. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you're in situations, and, and the more you grow as a photographer, the more high cli- high profile clients you get, and you have to be able to shoot in every circumstance. Yeah. So I started out with this A1. I was very impressed by it when I saw it on a convention or a photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, event and um, I didn't know how to use it at all in the beginning and now I'm slowly figuring out how to 
uh, bounce the light into either ceilings, walls, or reflectors, or uh, what's the what the effect is like if you just use it on camera or off camera right. to give a directional light or like put it directly on your face, for instance. Um, and I think the next step will be a softbox, an umbrella, and maybe yeah. the next step, bigger lights, but it's little by little. Yeah, but still, I always want to make sure I maintain that intimate feeling as a photographer, that people know that with me, you can just relax. I'm not setting up a whole room of equipment mm -hmm. with two assistants, because for me, that kind of photography just doesn't feel like who I am. And uh, I, I know there are lots of photographers who do a really good job in creating images for campaigns, for billboards and stuff like that. Um, and I really respect those photographers, but I don't think that kind of work, being constantly in a studio, for instance, also, that would mean for me that all the creativity, personally, mm -hmm. would be lost. Right. And I, I just can't do that. So the commercial assignments that you have right now, it's not super studio kind of assignments but it's no. natural light yeah it's and and it's mostly with commercial clients i mean everything that's not in a magazine or a book so it can also be restaurant photography right. um, or for culinary businesses who need interior shots or mm -hmm. need their uh, their headshots taken or something like mm -hmm. that uh, and i've done some work for for instance alpro and then i was the second shooter the first shooter was the person who took the photos for the campaign shots and I was the one who just moved like in between everyone made sure I had the candid shots for social media and right. uh, I remember them actually sending an email can we also buy some of your candid shots for the campaign because we were actually looking for some candid shots and we missed those uh -huh. so in a way I think the the campaign photos that were that used to be like the standard that's all changing uh, people want more spontaneity more, more natural yeah and and shots they can use both on their website and on social media and right. for a magazine like we have to be super multifunctional and our work has to be too and i like to i like that role i really uh, enjoy it to be flexible and to mm -hmm. make sure and creative, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's an interesting thought also. Mm. I never thought about that way. But the game is changing in that kind of way. I mean, yeah. it's still there, of course, that super commercial yes. studio photography, and yeah, it will never die yeah. out. But yeah. but the brands are also looking more into, as you say... Yeah, and, and still, I would like something. to learn to, have to do a shoot like for a big, super big brand. And the, mm -hmm. I, I am interested in it, and I want to learn more about it. So... In, I think only then you can really decide and compare which, yeah, yeah what you want to do what kind of photo photographer you want to be uh, I think our job is also to keep reinventing ourselves like mm -hmm. trends are so yeah the word itself is already a definition of it it's something that's only there for a short amount of time yeah um, so where we photographed everything on marble five years ago yeah uh, now marble is slowly disappearing yeah. from the clients yeah. are also saying that i don't want marble anymore no, like yeah it's been used too much too much they need a different look and feel and yeah if you as a photographer are negligent of that and you 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 don't also reinvent reinvent yourself um yeah, you're you're losing clients, maybe, or I don't know, losing work. 
Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. And what would you say is a good way to um, look for those trends? Um, well, I think if you're on social media nowadays, that's kind of a good way. I, I don't like to be on it too much. I think it's uh, not very good for my emotional state. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, if I'm too long on Instagram, I feel redundant and, and not good enough and I'm oh, getting God. very insecure. So I think uh-huh. I'm very sensitive to those kinds of um, uh, aspects of social media. But at the same time, you do see people trying new things and you see what catches on and you see and also I'm also someone who just looks at what do I like what speaks to me what kind of colors what kind of textures what kind of shots and I keep mood boards on my Instagram like uh, you can save those images I keep mood boards like I have one called perfect I have one called restaurant photography right Um, I keep track of the images I really find inspiring and try to remember remember them and, and and in my own way reinvent myself as well. So yeah, social media helps with that, but also I think if you're a very visual person and you watch a lot of movies for instance, or um, I really like Japanese anime and um, yeah, it kind of really help inspire you in the sense that you look at certain colors or certain viewpoints like how to take a photo mm-hmm. as i was saying uh, i think 15 20 minutes ago that i really enjoyed the workshop with Suze of food bandits and she really helped me learn to make sure my lines are straight but now that i'm more of an evolved photographer i also try to explore with photos where the lines aren't straight at all but it was a conscious decision and it was a style choice right. where i can see that it works as well and uh, yeah if you see other people experimenting with these things you try it yourself and mm-hmm. then slowly you're evolving um, that helps for me makes sense yeah I hope so <laughs> yeah no 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 of course very interesting and um, okay so I'm gonna slowly wrap it up I was wondering if you have some um, inspiring food photographers or photographers or artists overall that you would recommend um, for others to take a look also to get inspired hmm. by because I'm always looking yeah, for new yeah, inspirational no, sources so I always no, ask course. this um, like I said Toby Mitchell, he's from the UK and he does a lot of interior food, travel and his colors are always on point. It's always, it's very, uh, he plays around with natural light a lot. I asked him, he also uses Profoto every now and then, starts doing that more and more. But he uses this orange use, which you get at the end of the day uh, to, to, yeah, to light his uh, images and it really works. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Chantal Arns, she's a Dutch photographer and um, she does a lot of restaurant photography and wedding photography, actually. That's oh. something I'm not particularly interested in, but the way she also works with light and uh, how she chooses her angles to photograph food is very interesting to me. I like the way she uses tables as lines in her, her images that she puts uh, a plate Half on the table, half right. Up. Yeah, um, that's something that's I really like to follow. Um, there's a couple of photographers I've been following for years, like Nicole Franzen. She's from New York. She's um, 
renowned food photographer and travel photographer. She does a lot of editorial photography as well. I'm, I'm always very intrigued by people who have editorial assignments as the main part of their income. I think that's very, then wow, yeah. you must be super good because it's not paying a lot. So maybe you're very much in demand or maybe uh-huh. you know how to negotiate, uh, yeah, negotiate properly. Yeah. Or something like that. I would like uh-huh. to have this uh, discussion. Conne- yeah, discussion or conversation with her one uh-huh. day. That's a few people and uh, nice. Uh, I have this book by Annie Leibovitz, uh, which I sometimes grab from from my. It was from the. I don't. I don't even know the word. Uh, actually, I just take it and and flip through and to get um, inspired. Yeah, to get just see how she works with light. How Does she, she photographs portraits, right? Or yeah, not? mostly people, mm-hmm. and I. I I've been doing that for a few years as well. I think one of the most challenging but also nice things about portrait photography is to make sure people can be themselves in right. the photo. And she's doing a very good job at that. So it's always good also to just grab a book, really a, a real book, and just flip through it and, and see yeah, what, yeah. what do you like about it. Oh, and Louisa Brimble, she's Australian. Louisa Brimble. She... It's actually a little bit like you. She also teaches her followers about photography and what she thinks is very important in composition. Mm-hmm. Um, she reads a lot of books about it and she, she's very good in posting stories about how you can have a better look at your composition and what rules you can follow mm-hmm. that are not the typical rules or the ones like the rule of thirds everyone knows. Yeah. Um, and it's and she's very motivating and positive in that sense. I like it when people are positive and, and are able and willing to share their knowledge. I think it's very important. Yeah. Nice, great. These are very great inspiring artists. I'm excited to check them out as well. Yeah, you should. I, I didn't know any of them except Anna because of masterclass ads. Ah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I learned. Yeah, I, so I, I'm I, curious I did to that masterclass as well, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, awesome. And uh, the last question then, where can uh, the listeners find you? Uh, well, uh, I have a beautiful website, if I may say so myself. <laughs> uh, it's uh, ingridhofstra.com. Yeah. Just my name.com. Um, and my Instagram is also ingridhofstra. I think if you want to have a closer look at my work, just have a look at both. Uh, I prefer my website because it can it's really your own space you know yeah. you can do everything with it i always enjoyed uh rearranging my photos on my website creating portfolio and yeah and showing mm-hmm. my work and my writing my photography but you know i'm also active on instagram uh, most days i'm there you can always ask me a question i get lots of questions about what camera i use what uh, how i would approach a client or if I want to share something about my upcoming travels or whatever, you can always DM me and I will make sure to uh, reply as soon as I can. That's so nice. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Ingrid, so much. It was so interesting to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you I really much. like this. Yee. <laughs> Thanks. 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 Thanks.